When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Realistic Randy is one of the OG callers into Vikings Vet Line. And now, he's one of the biggest Vikings YouTube superstars on Earth. His Vikings pain is now your game. This is Realistic Randy Rand with Randy and Declan on Purple Daily and Score North. All right. All right, all right. After a brief little hiatus, Realistic Randy, myself, we're back. On a Monday here, we're still going to be bringing you plenty of Vikings discussion and topics throughout the offseason every Monday right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. My man, Realistic Randy, he has his own YouTube channel as well. Subscribe to his channel for some great Minnesota Vikings content as well. But Realistic Randy, it's been it's been a couple weeks here, and yet a lot of things have happened. Obviously, the Super Bowl was just uh, 24 hours ago. Yeah. But at the same time, plenty of Vikings moves have happened. We'll get into some Brian Flores discussion. I want your take on that. But Randy... It's now off-season mode, baby. The Super Bowl's done. You know, pour one out. We got uh, six months without football or whatever it's going to be. It's going to be some dark Sundays for a little bit. But that that means off-season speculation time is now a go. It is a full go. It's a full send. Uh, so now that, the, now that the NFL season is over, 2022 is in the books. Your Kansas City Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Now everything turns to 2023. What is what is number one on Randy's realistic Randy's agenda here in the offseason that he thinks should happen to the Vikings? Where are you kind of uh, falling into that? It's something that absolutely needs to happen this offseason. We've talked about it before, but not only does it need to happen, if it doesn't happen this offseason, I feel like we're stuck forever. And that's on Kirk Cousins. I feel like we're in a situation to where one of two things will happen as far as the resolution of number eight with the Minnesota Vikings. Either he'll be here forever, so literally after every offseason, he'll get another extension before, goodness, he'll be 67, 68 years old doing AARP commercials, still the starting quarterback for the Vikings, and we'll still be doing this show talking about what he still needs to get over the hump at 67 years old. Either that's going to happen, or he gets traded this offseason to a specific team. I'm sure you guys have talked about it plenty. But the San Francisco 49ers, Everything that Mike Zimmer wanted to do with the Vikings is exactly who the Niners are and have been for years now. They, strong defense, mm-hmm. strong run game. It's I've never seen anything like it to where they are literally a system where all they need is a plug-and-play quarterback. We're not going to be necessarily successful because of you, but in the rare occasions where we may go through some adversity, you could be the piece that holds this bridge together. Two examples. Three out of the last four years, the San Francisco 49ers, they've made the NFC Championship game. In 2019, they made a Super Bowl appearance. They've been knocking at the door 
for so long. But how much longer can yeah. that window last? This past NFC Championship game, where they went down to their fourth string quarterback before he even got hurt, and they couldn't even they couldn't even throw any forward passes <laughs> for most of that game. It's just one of those things to where and Niners fans they've been chirping at Eagles players, oh they suck, they're frauds and whatever. And I know that's within the locker room, but I also have to feel like going beyond that, the leadership, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, to where it's like we are getting so close and this is so ridiculous that we can't break through to that next level yet. How many more opportunities are we going to have? When it comes to Kirk Cousins specifically in that NFC Championship game, this dude is so durable, he never gets hurt. You can at least rely on him to be available. That's box number one. And then going back to that Super Bowl, a minute and 39 left, a, th- a minute and 39 left, down 24 to 20. Jimmy Garoppolo overshot a wide open Emmanuel Sanders. And everything I've said about Kirk, I'm done with this dude. I'm ready to move on. But to his credit, if he has protection and he has the play in front of him and he has a receiver right there, how many times has he hit Stephon Diggs or Justin Jefferson right. or Adam Thielen on those type of plays? Perhaps if Kirk Cousins was throwing that ball instead, the Niners would have won. Desperation is key here because I feel like the Niners feel like we can go down this merry-go-round again with, okay, Jimmy G, he's going to be a free agent. We can bring back Brock Purdy. He's hurt. Trey Lance, who knows what he's got left. They can do all of that as much as they want to, or they can go for the surefire thing and say, Kirk Cousins, he can take us there, not because of him, but because of everything else around him. Yeah, so if you're a Niners fan at this point, right, like you have kind of ridden, uh, you rode the Jimmy Garoppolo experience and the contract out, you gave him a lot of money, went to a Super Bowl, went to a couple NFC title games on his back, worked, but there was a cap there. Uh, They draft Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance is going to be their future quarterback, and everything's going to be great, and he might take a little bit to ease in, but once he's in, he's going to be their next uh, next star there. Well, then he gets hurt, and all of a sudden Brock Purdy comes in and is an absolute stud for them, Mr. Irrelevant, but then he gets hurt again. And it's just kind of how many times can you continue to go down that path where you have a great defense, great roster, great coaching staff, and, and we all see this. As much as uh, you don't enter complete rebuilds like most NFL teams, you do have a window, and that window is only open for a short amount of time. I mean, you could make a case that, hell, maybe from 2019 to, through 2022, that was the window for San Francisco, right? Like, that was maybe. the best chance they possibly have. But if you're a Niners fan and you're still riding off you know, the euphoria of how good your roster is and all oh, what we've... We've been right there. We've been in the NFC title game now three times in the last four years, and, and we've been knocking on the doorstep. We just need some guy to stay healthy and guy, a guy that's not going to shipwreck you. Well, my God. Like, I mean, you look, in the, you look in the Urban Dictionary, you look in any Webster, that guy is Kirk Cousins. Like, that would be, that would be their guy if you're a Niners fan. And obviously, we're not 49ers daily, but if uh, we were 49ers daily, and I'm sure there's plenty of 49ers podcasts and outlets that are probably looking at other quarterbacks that they could buy into with the uncertainty that they have, not just with Brock Purdy, but with Trey Lance, too. Like, could they, can they afford to go into some rocky you know, turmoil with their quarterback play because their roster is so good, they probably don't want to risk that, right? So that's where it's not just, hey, trade Kirk to San Francisco because the Kyle Shanahan connection, which is definitely its own layer as it is. It makes a lot of sense from the 49ers to say, all right, we've gotten the most out of this roster. It's only going to be intact for so much longer. These players are going to be in their prime probably for X amount of years. And now the clock is ticking. We've been there now four or five times, and guys aren't four or five years younger than they were. 
go out and make a trade happen for Kirk Cousins. It makes a lot of sense, dude. I, I'm, I'm with you that if they can listen to it and if Kirk also plays ball, and by the way, I think Kirk would play ball there. I know he has a no trade clause. Yes. But I think if, if Kwesi approached him and said, there, we do have a deal we've been talking with John Lynch and the 49ers, and obviously he has a history of Shanahan, that part is smooth over. It's not like you're trading him to the Raiders, right? Like if, if Josh McDaniels and the Raiders come calling and say like, oh, we have a principal offer, and Kirk says, yeah, uh, I don't want to go live in Las Vegas, even though uh, I was a great singer and performed at the uh, honor ceremony with Kelly Clarkson. That's not really where I want to be oh, as a person, as a family man. But if it was San Francisco, I think it makes too much sense. I'm with you. I think he wants to win at this stage in his career. And let's be honest here. Who do you have a better chance to win with right now? The Minnesota Vikings, who need to overhaul damn near their entire roster, especially on defense, or the San Francisco 49ers. And for the sake of his waiving his no trade clause, why would he not want to rejoin Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco? Yeah, I mean, it, that would be the perfect, perfect marriage there, right? I mean, you have a coach that loved him and he has a history with him. It's not uncertainty. The Super Bowl well made. I mean, he did the same thing when he signed with the Vikings, right? Like the Vikings were coming off having the number one defense and they were a quarterback away, right? They just, uh, they, they wrote it with Case Keenum and it was a magic carpet ride. And they knew that that fling wasn't going to be a sustainable relationship. And Kirk probably looked at the same thing when he spurred the Jets to that degree, right? Like the Jets were in the negotiations too when Kirk signed here in 2018, but he looked at it and said, well, that roster, the Vikings roster is a lot better and a lot closer to being on the doorstep of a Super Bowl than the Jets roster was. So yeah, I, th- I think it. I think it just makes too much sense for the Niners and Vikings potentially to be the number one destination if they are to move on from Kirk. And the thing is, the desperation factor again. I don't think they don't have a first round pick in twenty twenty three that goes to Miami, but they have one in twenty twenty four. I think you can get a future first round pick for Kirk Cousins right now. But the desperation factor, it's almost like the Warriors when they were running it back with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant and they were paying all those luxury taxes, they didn't care because they knew they were going to win. As far as the amount of capital and investment that they have put into the quarterback position, I don't think they would give a damn to invest another first-round pick in a guy like Kirk Cousins if it means they're going to win because they've been so close at doing it that I believe that they're going to go ahead and make that move if the Vikings would at least initiate that conversation. But again, because I talked about as far as the two options when it comes to Kirk Cousins I don't know if the Vikings would even do it yeah I think we're so Minnesota nice <laughs> and that we're just going to keep him and we have a good relationship with him and all shucks we're just going to keep him around we're never going to pull that band-aid do it crazy make it happen yeah and that's can... the one thing one more thing I'm gonna add to that go for it I believe I will always praise Rick Spielman for this after the Blair Walsh wide left miss and goodness, that following offseason where Teddy blew up his knee mm-hmm. and they traded for Sam Bradford, I said that was the right move. Because who knows if Blair Walsh made that kick, who knows how far they would have went into the playoffs. I believe the Broncos ended up winning that championship. But who knows what would have happened. You cannot go into the following season without a quarterback. You had to make that move. It just didn't work out when healthy Sam Bradford was really, really good. I think the Niners are in that situation to where we are so close. We don't know how many more opportunities we are going to get. Let's make this move. Yeah, and and this is where uh, the Vikings have this impasse, right? they got to figure out what they want to do with Kirk. Uh, Are they probably having extension talks, maybe as we speak right now? Probably. I mean, they're probably Probably. kicking the can down the road. Um, I, I think likelihood, likelihood is they do extend him again. Like, I think that, I think that is the more likely path. Personally, it's here. Yep. Personally, I would mm-hmm. not. I would ride this out. And if he has a problem with that, 
I think then you say, all right, well then, do you want to explore trade talks? Because that's where we're at here. We want to ride this out. We want to go into a lame duck year, and if we have to bid for your services against the open market this time of year from now, okay, well, well I guess we'll cross that bridge. But I don't think um, it would be wise for them to just give them another extension and just continue to kick this can down the road um, when you're eventually going to have to pay the piper. So personally, I would trade them. And then the second option for me would be to ride out the current contract. And even though it's a larger cap hit, fine. Like, just honestly, fine. I, it, it, it is what it is. They've paid him a lot. They've restructured a lot where he's lowered some cap hits to give them money too. But that's where I'm at with this. I don't want to extend him. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think it's more likely that he's extended than he is traded to. I agree. I think he's going to be here forever. There's nothing we can do about it. We just need to get on board and start pre-planning our Kirk Cousins takes and say, this is why it's going to be different this year. Absolutely. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, Randy, before we get into some uh, some Brian Flores stuff, because I'm curious your opinions on him. It's a great hire by the Vikings, in my opinion. Uh, from yesterday's Super Bowl, uh, when you're watching the Chiefs and Eagles, was there any lessons that you thought or things that you could take away from? That you could say, man, I would love, obviously... If you can draft Patrick Mahomes, that's great. But are there lessons that you saw from the Chiefs and Eagles that you can think, hey, I think the Vikings can apply some of these same type of lessons or philosophies? The only thing I learned from yesterday's Super Bowl game that applies to the Vikings is that when it comes to paying the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, they're going to have to pay this guy a ton of money. Yeah. And to his credit, Howie Roseman, the Philadelphia Eagles GM, when I looked this up, I was blown away that it wasn't even more just kind of how loaded they are defensively. I thought there would be way more higher cap hits on the defensive side, but it's really not all that bad. He got a lot of good players, James Bradbury, for example, on low cap hit deals. Still, three out of the top four cap hits for the Eagles in 2022 was on the defensive side of the ball. You've got Javon Hargrave, Darius Slay, Brandon Graham, all on defense, right? Three out of the top four. Where was that defense yesterday? Yeah. They gave up. Now, the Chiefs ended up scoring 38 points. One of them was off of Jalen Hurts. He fumbled the ball for no reason. He just dropped it. So the defense really only gave up 31 points to Kansas City. But this was, we thought, one of the best defenses in the league, and they didn't show up at all. So what I learned from yesterday is that, okay, the money that you're giving these players on defense, even though it's not that much as far as high cap hits are concerned, that money should be going to Jalen Hurts. Whatever he wants, you need to go ahead and pay him. Now, how that relates to the Vikings is that, can you imagine a situation, Vikings versus Chiefs, where it's Patrick Mahomes versus Kirk Cousins? Cousins has to put the whole team on his back? Absolutely not. So if anything, I learned that we need to move on from Kirk Cousins yesterday, even quicker than what we're talking about right now. If uh, Mackie threw out this question to me on Mackie and Judd the day, because I, 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 my biggest takeaway from the game was, I mean, just, yeah, the trenches, how, how much they've done. Both those teams have built up or traded or acquired offensive line. Conversely, they have great defensive lines, even though yesterday, I think there was just one sack. I think there was only one sack in that whole it's game. because he ran out of bounds. It wasn't even a physical yeah. sack. It's because he ran out of bounds. Yes. So you had two of elite defensive lines at the end of the day in the biggest game of the year. Like, none of them, did they get pressure? Sure, but they didn't bring the quarterback down to a degree. So I thought, you know, well, build up that offensive line, right? But, and they got two tackles. Christian Darisaw, Brian O'Neill are phenomenal. Can you get some better interior guard play? But Phil threw the question at me of, well, if it was reversed, let's say Jalen Hurts was the Vikings quarterback with the Vikings offensive line. Would we be... As would we be, would we be questioning the Vikings' offensive line as currently constructed? Would we be worried about it longer term because you have of a more mobile quarterback? Personally, I think our perception of it changes a bit because you do have 
Jalen Hurts who can, you know, move all over the damn place. But I, I think at the end of the day, Vikings fans just love to like complain and bitch about the offensive line that it's just going to happen regardless, too. Get ready for one incredible night of rock with Static X. And Seven Dust. Machine Killer North American Tour. Saturday, May 18th, Myth Live. With special guests, Dope, and Lines of Loyalty. Tickets on sale now at MythLive.com or eTix.com. Don't miss Static X and Seven Dust. No, but I think this is warranted here because the Eagles have the best offensive line in football. And what's crazy is something that never got talked about throughout the playoffs, or really throughout Super Bowl week as well, was the trenches. Okay, the offensive line versus Chris Jones of Kansas City and Frank Clark. Chris Jones. Defensive tackle was first team all pro. Jason Kelsey, who may retire, by the way, was the best center in the league. First team all pro. When they played the Giants in the playoffs, goodness, they were going up against Dexter Lawrence. He was second team all pro. Dexter Lawrence did nothing in that game. Yesterday, Chris Jones did nothing in the game. The offensive line is so stout that you can do all of these RPOs and these different type of gadgety type of plays with Jalen Hurts because the offensive line is so strong. When it comes to the Eagles' offensive line, not only do they block their mans, but they know when to let off, especially on the run blocking. The communication is great. Whereas the Vikings, we're sitting here with the interior offensive line. Can you block your man? Yeah. That's the starting point for us. So so for us, if you were to say, okay, let's switch Jalen Hurts to the Vikings, we're still going to have some problems because of that offensive line because the difference between the Vikings and the Eagles' offensive line is night and day. It's a big difference. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty insane to watch just both those teams be road graders in the trenches and and do uh, do a great thing. And look, I, I see similar things of hey, Patrick Mahomes cap hit is huge. You know, cap hits. You know, you are Purple Dude loves to talk about Kirk's cap hit. Well, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick bleeping Mahomes, man. I mean, this is a different beast when you're the greatest quarterback on the field, maybe one of the best best quarterbacks we've ever seen play. Yes, there are uh, different asterisks attached to when you're paying a guy that much, and also. When Mahomes signs a 10-year deal and you can kind of maneuver the money some years here and there, makes it a lot easier to be flexible and be a lot more easier with moving that cap hit too. So, yeah, I, fun Super Bowl. Obviously, I, I, didn't love, uh, I didn't love how the ending actually ended up shaping up of, all right, they're just going to run the clock out. It's smart. Mm-hmm. It's smart. I don't disagree with the, the logic, but just from the fun factor, I thought it was going to be a overtime affair. I thought it was a really fun Super Bowl for both teams. Um, and now, uh, like I said, we're in off-season mode with the Vikings, so that's what I'm... Uh, very curious about. That. And one thing I want to add about Patrick Mahomes, outside of Travis Kelsey, yes, they had Juju Smith-Schuster. He had a nice game. MVS, Isaiah Pacheco, he played out of his mind at running back last night. But they don't have that outside perimeter threat. Mm-mm. No other quarterback in the league is winning with that roster besides Patrick Mahomes. That's why you pay him all the money. All right, man, let's uh, let's get in some Brian Flores discussion here. So the Vikings, man, I thought they were going to whiff on this whole defensive coordinator situation when uh, Ivero kind of like spurned them, and then all these guys are saying no. Sean Desai says no thanks. And then, yeah, Brian Flores is sitting out there, but I I was assuming, well, he's going to get the Arizona job at this point. Right. Why wouldn't he? Then all of a sudden, uh, on Monday, at, I think near 5 o'clock Central, he ends up taking the Vikings D.C. job. He withdraws, actually, from the Cardinals job. At least that's what was the, what was reported uh, but Brian Flores now taking things over uh, for Ed Donatel, who was relieved of his duties. Your initial thoughts on Brian Flores being the Vikings' new D.C.? I think this is absolutely perfect. And I thought that 
Secretly, I was hoping for Vic Fangio in the early stages, and I get the shell defense is Ed Donatel all over again, but the orchestrator of that defense, somebody that I believe can make adjustments on the fly. It's one thing to say this is the blueprint, damn it, fit into it, and we'll see what happens, which Ed Donatel, that's exactly what he did. No adjustments. I'm going to sit back. We're going to bring out this. We're going to roll out this kick-ass defense in the playoffs. I tell you what, and it was nothing close to that at all. But that aside, Brian Flores, this is going to be a one-year deal. He'll be a head coach somewhere else. I don't care. I feel like this is – and the thing is with this Declan Goff is that the alternative, if we want someone here long-term, then, okay, they're just not going to be that good at their job to warrant a higher position elsewhere. So with Brian Flores, if he kicks ass, which I expect him to, and I'm glad that I thought that he was going to take the Arizona job as well. But in hindsight, looking at that mess at quarterback, Arizona seems like a place to where they are going to be impatient. And if you don't turn it around immediately, they're going to fire you on the spot. And as far as his future head coaching chances, Brian Flores is done after that. So whereas if he boosts up this defense to even we talked about this at the beginning of last season, my God, just 20th, be the 20th ranked defense <laughs> in the league, then he's going to have his pick of the litter to say, okay, I can choose where I want to go as far as being a head coach somewhere else. But he's a blitz heavy guy. And this is also essentially, this guy is so overqualified. He's basically a head coach on the defensive side of the ball. Totally. I think this is going to be a fantastic fit. As long as you groom someone up underneath of him to take over, I think we're going to be fine. We can't be scared because the best teams in the league, or as far as any head coach in the league, you don't even have to be one of the best teams in the league. But goodness, whatever your side of the ball is, Kevin O'Connell on offense, okay, crush it over there. But guess what? Every offseason or every every other offseason, you're going to have to find a new defensive coordinator. That's just the name of the game. Or he's just not that good of a defensive coordinator that you keep him around at the goodness, at the price of what your defense is. If it's going to be one of the worst in the league, Ed Donatello, he's not getting a head coaching job anywhere. Go ahead and bring him back. You don't got to worry about him going anywhere. But Brian Flores, even for one year, I think he's going to set, he's going to put together a good foundation for the next guy to step up. Yeah, man. I I thought it was their ideal. After I said that, they thought they were going to get burned. If they were going to get Flores, obviously that was going to be the main target. And I'm glad they got him. And yeah, he's probably going to be one and done. Most likely he's one and done. Gets a head coaching gig this time of year from now. But if he turns that defense around, like I don't care. I'm not looking at and this is this is the age of having coordinators, man. Like coordinators come and go. It, it it's it's building blocks to getting the next job. So if, if Flores comes in here and makes this defense respectable and, you know, gets the Raiders job a year from now, I'm I'm not gonna care about that. Uh what I care about is that he's able to at least fine tooth comb this thing and get this defense turned around like he did in Miami. I mean, he inherited a horrible Miami Dolphins defense and turned them, I think, from 31st to like sixth in one season. Uh, so that's that's pretty substantial jump that what he was able to do uh, with the Miami Dolphins. Question for you on Flores and what you kind of have now on this Vikings defense with a bunch of aging veteran dudes, the status of Daniil Hunter. So previously, mm-hmm. realistic, Randy, previously before the Flores uh, hiring, I kind of thought, you know, th- they're going to have to have like another weird contract conversation with him. He's like, he's underpaid. Daniil Hunter is, he's probably your best asset. So if you want to go like a full rebuild on that defense, it might make sense to move on from him. Now that if you have Brian Flores here and he probably wants his teeth into this best defender possible, which is obviously Daniil Hunter on the roster. I think it's more likely that Daniil Hunter is here long-term and here in 2023. 
I think he's here as well. But the crazy thing is forever now, I've been saying to myself, Daniil Hunter is just young. He'll never get old. He will be 29 years old next year in 2023, the last year of his contract. Eventually, they're going to have to make some sort of decision here. But as far as with Brian Flores, you're right. He wants to have the best players. And Daniil Hunter, he gives him that. As far as whether we want to do a 3-4 or a 4-3, he is versatile in that regard. I'm going to go ahead and trust him. But I think Daniil Hunter is here to stay next year. The guy that I'm looking at is Zadari Smith. I, I, I just don't know if mm. that's going to be a player that you keep in 2023 that's the guy that i'm looking at but daniel hunter absolutely you keep him uh harrison smith where does uh where does harrison smith kind of fall into this for you do you think he's gonna stay here i think he's got 19 million in cap it it's a high one for a safety you could restructure to a degree uh do you think he's someone that ends up staying or would they move on from him harrison smith we've been kicking this can down the road forever you have your potential out right now go ahead and exercise it it's time to move on a $20 million cap hit in 2023. If you go ahead and cut him, let's say pre-June 1st, you save $7.4 million post-June 1st. You save $15 million. He's getting older. He's He'll be 34 and 23. You got to move on, man. You got Lewis Seen as safety, which, by the way, he played more in special teams before he got hurt. So who knows what, who knows what you have in him, but you still need to draft another safety. I just feel like there are so many aging veterans on this defense that you need to move on from, including Harrison Smith. Yeah, there's a lot of good conversations to have here just on the future of the Vikings defensive coordinator or the position that they're going to have under the defensive coordinator, Brian Flores. Are they going to keep linebackers? Are they going to keep safeties? Where do they want to add in the draft? A lot of fascinating conversations, but I, I'm with you that I think Flores um, by far right higher here for the job. And if he bolts, that's all, uh, that's all I care about. Realistic, Randy, you and I were uh, discussing off mic and over text, over mess, over text messages that, Hey, off-season plans here. There's plenty of meat on the bone to chew on here before we get up to the draft, before we get up to off-season stuff. So I think you and I are going to have some great conversations here just on future positions, and we'll get we'll probably get more into what pieces stay, what pieces go uh, on the defensive side, and of course the offensive side as well. Maybe even some mock drafts. I don't know how you feel about mock draft season, Randy, but we're now in the full throttle mode of that as well. Heck yeah, dude. Bring it on. Let's do it. Do some mock drafts. We can do into that. And honestly, Purple Daily listeners, Send us some comments here. Put it in the YouTube comments. Is there If there's anything that we haven't touched on during our season or maybe in the offseason you do want us to discuss, we're always open for feedback too. So uh, comment on this YouTube video. Send us a tweet. Email us. Whatever you want to do. Send it on a carrier pigeon for God's sakes. Uh, send us some feedback, and we'll gladly get into some future uh, discussions. Whatever you want to hear talk about every Monday with Realistic Randy right here on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Go subscribe to his YouTube channel as well for some great Vikings content. Uh, Randy, before we talk next Monday, any uh, parting words here, sir? Off-season content, baby. Let's get after it. This is I'm my, ready. This is my favorite time of the year. It really is. This is where, this is where Purple Daily and Mackie Judd score north. Realistic Randy, everyone makes their hay. So very, very excited. All right, man. We'll be back next Monday. Hit that subscribe button. We just want to see the Vikings hopefully win a Super Bowl before we die. Bye. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation.